You're listening to Your Rivers Are Wrong, the podcast. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Yes, I did them all. <laughs> Welcome to the Your Rivers Are Wrong podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Marilyn. Hi, and I'm the other host, and my name is Dante. And in this podcast, we talk about the wonderful whimsies of world building, the arts and aesthetics of setting up a setting and telling stories born from it. Ain't that the truth? That is. Wasn't that so subtle? Didn't I do that great? <laughs> I've never heard a good morning before. <laughs> it caught me off. Oh, a good morning. A good morning. A good morning. You know, sp- I like that. changing I like things that. up. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mix it up every now and then. Hey, guess what? You just told me, uh, because I wasn't aware, but we're already at episode 66. That's pretty good. Ain't that crazy? We're doing very well here, I think. Yeah. How was your week? (laughs) Doing well. I wanted to preface. This is the first season where we're like appropriately ahead of time, responsibly ahead of time. And I like how we keep saying that in every intro we we are doing this season. (laughs) Because it keeps surprising us. That's why. I think it feels important enough to just keep bringing it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, week was good. Week was, I think the word is productive because oh. I've been, I've been running around busy with a whole lot of different projects, a whole lot of different things. The most interesting thing to happen over the weekend was that there was a national cinema day where basically oh. every movie theater had like $4 tickets, which was fantastic. That's fun. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. I wish we had that. Did you see a bunch of movies or at least one? Nah, just the one. Yeah, we watched Blue Beetle, which is like a superhero movie, which was, you know, as entertaining as super. It was pretty super. Like, you know, how super movie heroes, (laughs) super movie heroes, superhero (laughs) movies go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, uh, general action sequences, explosions, all that nonsense. I mean, that's what you come for, right? Yeah. So after we were done, we go to my friend's house and we we eat something and we decide like late at night to play this like history puzzle game where it's like, you know, an escape room, but in <laughs> a box. History puzzle game. Mystery, oh. mystery. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant like hysterical. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? Oh, no, no. <laughs> Sounds pretty a fun, A mystery honestly. puzzle. Okay. Imagine like an escape room in a box. Oh, I feel like I've heard of these. Yeah. This is the last thing we're going to do tonight. Let's just, you know, let's finish this and we'll go home, right? Famous last words. <laughs> it was approaching 1 a.m. Oh, before we were like done, done. And all of us <laughs> were just hovering over this one puzzle that gave us the hardest time. And finally, we type in the password because it's like, you know, fancy QR code nonsense. Oh, right? okay. Type in the password on your phone and we finally get in. We're all like relieved. Not because we were happy that we finished the puzzle, <laughs> but more that we were happy that we could go home. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. It was an experience and we all woke up exhausted. I think it is good, though, that you are all completionists in this way. Because if one person was just like, dude, I'm done. What are we? Let's stop. And you're all like, no, no, we got to finish. No. One person was like, why are we still doing this? And I said, ego. It's ego. (laughs) It's pride. You can't go to sleep. I mean, we laugh about it now, but you did sleep like after midnight. So, you know. Mm -hmm, mm I'm not sure who's winning here, but I'm glad you finished. I'm proud. It was a fun time. Thank was you. it a good one? I mean, it was, it was obviously pretty hard, was, I guess, if it took you a yeah, while. Yeah, it was mostly puzzles and stuff, as escape rooms are. How was your week? Hmm. What have you been busy with? Pretty good. I did start my period today, which is less good, <laughs> but you know, it happens. But aside from <laughs> Live that- Live on Rivers Are Wrong. Yeah, you know, people have periods. Mm-hmm. It's okay to talk mm-hmm. about it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> But aside from that, the week was pretty good. And I think also because 
me and a friend of the show, Cherry, are mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. figuring out a studio setup, like a sort of art studio yes. uh, rental space that we're sort of figuring out. <laughs> so we've been, well, I, I guess mostly Cherry has been hauling ass like her furniture from her old studio to this place. And I've been going there a bunch and it's actually really nice. I'm really surprised at how nice it is just to have a place <laughs> where you can leave your shit and just work and you know yes i i'm even sort of surprised at how much i enjoy the like the bike ride to and from the studio because <laughs> i'm just not used to cycling anymore to work i used to like cycle daily a lot in the past but ever since i work in a neighboring city basically i usually take the train mm. or i work from home for freelance stuff so that was really nice and it feels like a sense of purpose that you have if you just go there and you have to like go by bike and then you're a little bit tired when you get there and you can get a coffee and like take a breather and it feels very, I don't know, I'm surprised of how, 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 how much I enjoy that feeling sort of. So that's been really fun. Yeah. And also I've been really yeah. productive there. So that's all kind of good things. Yeah. Yeah. Quite exciting. It's so good to have a workplace. It's not your house. Because the amount of work that you have to get, for me, that I have to get done with my bed, like, two inches away from me, (laughs) is a terrible mind space, you know? I feel you, yeah. (laughs) It's true. Also, I guess I realized this when I was graduating over summer, because I just spent, I mean, I I told you this, but I spent so much time in the coffee cafe nearby, which is a great place, but (laughs) I mean... I'm always buying coffee there, which is like a lot of money after like, <laughs> right, you right. know, going there almost daily. <laughs> and also you can't leave your stuff there. And if you want to go to the toilet, yeah. you have to like ask someone nice neighbor nearby to check on your stuff and or take it mm-hmm. with you. And it's always a little bit of a hassle. So this is, yeah, this is really great. So I'm going to basically try it out for a month now. And if I like it enough to, you know, pay like, uh, money for it for a month because you know i'm not that rich so i wanted to, to try it out first yeah i might have a have a longer term studio place which is great that's awesome very exciting that's so cool yeah and since i started some new work as well this well i guess past two weeks it's been super useful and very very nice good combination of new things i guess all good things yeah. all good news yeah that's about right. I think we've talked about this a little bit and it's the the studio and it just sounds like such a cool prospect. Yeah. I'll I'll send you some videos over. It's it's also pretty big. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> we got a pretty good deal. It's pretty good deal. Yeah. Pretty good deal. <laughs> anyway, okay, enough about okay. the studio. Yeah. You're not here for my studio space <laughs> talk. You're here for world building and storytelling. Hey, that's exactly why we're here. <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about today, man? <laughs> Since I'm hosting, you're probably familiar, but you know, each time, one of us brings a topic that the other one doesn't know about. And in this case, it's me, because I'm the host for today. Mm-hmm. I'm, I always try to make like a bridge out of this. And this week, it's perfect, because you literally just talked about like mysteries and puzzles. I wrote down, I want to talk about breadcrumbs. And by breadcrumbs, bread I mean, this <laughs> for the uninitiated, this sort of <laughs> mystery trail of like clue following, right? Mm. So in the sort of classic Sherlock Holmesy, you know, crime CSI crime scene investigation series, there's always a certain amount of sort of little tidbits of evidence or information or you know dialogue you've had with another character, something weird that someone has seen at this amount of time in this place, <laughs> you know, and they don't really mean anything by themselves, but once you start adding them up, suddenly a sort of pattern starts to emerge, and it's a very pretty reoccurring, well, both way of storytelling in general, but also a way of sort of setting up your story to lead to a sort of culmination or a sort of explosive 
solving of a case or right, right. you know a mystery puzzle or you know any of that <laughs> and i think it's it's a really nice what do i call it it's a sort of structure i guess right like a story structure and i think you can do it in a lot of ways and there's a lot of variables or variations to it yeah so i want to talk a little bit about that also i've been watching a very very good um <laughs> like series that does this perfectly so i felt very inspired by it yeah i was about to ask what was your what, uh, what brought this topic on because i'm sure you've met a recently very good example uh, yeah the good example is happy valley it's a series like a crime scene series of i think six like long episodes from the bbc mm. it's very good I looked at, or I found it because it has James Norton in it, and we went to a play with James <laughs> Norton, and I'm a big fan now, because he was great in it, <laughs> and he's also great in this series, and the series is great in Breadcrumbs, and we got to talk about it. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, that's so fun. Breadcrumbs as a con, I feel like there's a clues, I guess. Yeah, I, you can... know, I think I realized as I was sort of researching a little bit on this, I don't know if it's actually called this. But in my brain, I always refer to it as breadcrumbs because it reminds me of um, like a breadcrumb trail when you, this is very yeah. specific, but a, you, you know, both from the fairy tale, but also from in web design, sometimes you have like a little bar of information on top that says like, mm. uh, you know, menu, and then a little arrow about page and then a little arrow contact. And then you see sort of where you came from. And that's literally called a breadcrumb trail. And for me, this sort of somehow snapped into my brain as as being the the term to define it so i guess there you yeah. go but clues anything it's kind of similar right yeah yeah i wonder if the term is older than like i miss like where i know it from hansel and gretel like when they left the breadcrumbs yeah. for the dad to follow the classic one yes but i don't know if it's any older than that but it makes sense right it's like little tidbits it's a good visual. of foreshadowing yeah. yeah that leads to an eventual conclusion i can approach this topic from a uh, tabletop RPG standpoint where personally, personally, I'm really bad at setting up mysteries. I'm, I, <laughs> okay. I like when things are real obvious and they're like, hey, you gotta fight this monster. He is you know? evil. Kill him. He, yeah. Exactly. You completed it. But um, if I have enough like prep time or foresight in the direction I want to go with the story or take my players, I like leaving those little breadcrumbs. Hmm. The first adventure or campaign I ever ran from my friends I put them in a little village and someone was poisoning all the water and they had to figure out who it was. You know, it was a little like a three, four yeah. session mystery. And That's I was, a good setup. Introduced, yeah. all these intrigue. I introduced all these characters. I'll intrigue. And like at the end, it was like a oh, plot twist. It was the uh, it was the tavern waitress all along, you know, <laughs> and there's a the big, big villain reveal of all that nonsense. So. I think the word I'm I'm looking for here, or the word I want to utilize here is foresight. When ah. you have something in mind, like a grand plan to, in the distance, it really helps the story to leave little clues along the way that eventually lead to that point, right? And it's, it's an art form because I'm so, so bad at it. <laughs> but the best feeling, right? The best feeling is when you eventually reach that conclusion and the grand reveal happens. When your players go wide-eyed, like, oh, that was on the barrel three sessions ago. Yeah, or yeah. that's why this, that's <laughs> why the bush was blue. You know, that kind of thing, right? That combination of tension and world building into this one dramatic moment is so, so, so satisfying. So being able to do that more consistently is really, really neat. So what, what makes it a hard thing to set up for you? What's the tricky part for you? I have to 
know where I'm going. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and it, that helps. <laughs> in a tabletop RPG that relies a lot on improvisation, you often end up in destinations or places that you did not intend to three weeks ago, right? Part of the fun is yeah. not knowing where, where you're headed, you as the game master and you as the player, right? So to be able to plan far enough ahead to set up this grand reveal and still account for all the twists and turns a story could take until that point. It's like the metaphor of the waterfall, where the water is definitely going to go from the top to the bottom, but how complicated that road is depends on the rocks and the twists and the turns of the of the stone structure, yeah. right? I like that visual, yeah. Like, you know the conclusion. So it takes a little bit of savvy and expertise to navigate the story to that eventual point so that the breadcrumbs you left in the first place actually pay off towards something because you know sometimes you could be 10 sessions in and a player will go oh what was the deal with that blue bush back in session one and in my head i'll be like you actually went in the entirely different direction there was a deal before you changed (laughs) changed course (laughs) so it means nothing Mm -hmm. right um you'll often find in serialized not serialized that's not the word i'm looking for you'll often find in um, mini campaigns that are publicized for actual play, like in video form and stuff like that. The DM will often have a plan, a general plan and a very sculpted plan for whatever, however, six to eight episodes it might be. You see it a lot in Dimension 20. You see it a lot in Critical Role short series. Yeah. So it's easier to leave all those breadcrumbs. But when you plan to run like a 50 game story, you got to be real careful what you leave as breadcrumbs because your players hold on to everything and they, they <laughs> attach meaning to things, right? Yeah. And sometimes... A bush is just a bush. You know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes it sometimes the breadcrumbs don't pay off the way you'd like to. So it's it's a masterful technique yeah. if you manage to get it just right. I wrote this down like further in my notes, but honestly, I think it's a great point that you're bringing up, like specifically in the TTRPG improv storytelling scene, right? It's the hardest thing to set up a story. If you're improvising, everything can can like mm-hmm. go another way every minute of all the time. <laughs> So if you have like any arc that you're building on, it's probably got to change. So setting up something as intricate, because it is pretty intricate, as you said, like there's a lot of rocks in between the, you know, in between the course of the waterfall with mystery stories like that. If you want to set up something as intricate as that in a sort of structure of improvised storytelling, it's almost ironically, you know, not the same thing, right? It's very different from from each other, like trying to improvise something super structured Mm -hmm. like that. But I think it is very nice to try out anyway. And I think I've heard, you might have heard this too, like a sort of rule of thumb, I guess, for for mysteries or like putting clues in story, in RPG, TTRPG storytelling, mm-hmm. um, that you have to have like three times as many clues as, uh, <laughs> you know, as you actually need because you're going to miss it or they're going to misinterpret right, it or they're right. not going to go in that room at all. And then you're like, well, I put mm-hmm. all the clues in this room. What do I do now? And that's my, now my mystery is like unsolvable. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so there, there's a lot of like gray areas in that, right? Which also makes it fun. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember also you did a one shot once where I think it was a published adventure, like the Shore of Dreams one. That one was pretty, right. pretty intricate, like clue based, wasn't it? I feel like there was like right. a good plot twist sort of, uh, sort of thing going on in that one. Yeah, I ran a one shot called Shore of Dreams. It's a D and D module, and it it's one of my favorites still because it was very good. Yeah, it sets up this little like enclave village, and you have to kind of learn what the deal is behind the scenes. Very almost very folk horror in that there's a there's an underlying horror or evil within the land, and you kind of learn it as you stay in this space. Yeah, like you said, the the whole three three times clues thing. 
It is the most frustrating thing when you have to tell your players, hey, maybe you missed something <laughs> in the tavern yeah. you were at. Hey, could you check behind this door? Hey, there that. might be something interesting, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, you don't want to it say that. Yeah, well. it kills the, kills the yeah. vibe. Yeah, it's true. In like published material, in in like mo- like movies and TV, they have control of every scene, every camera angle, every second of every minute. So you can lay down those breadcrumbs anywhere you want. And then when on the rewatch, people can be like, oh, this was referring to this. And that's perfectly fine. But in an imp- improvisational sphere, you can't trust them to look <laughs> at everything. You can have a room full of clues and they'll be like, I actually want to go to the bathroom instead. Can we, yeah. can we do that real quick? You know? Yeah. And also it's different from like, for instance, a TV series, because you're not as in control of the camera, I guess, to, you know, the metaphorical camera, I guess, that you have in (laughs) in a TTRPG story, because you don't own the story. Like you're making it with a bunch of people, like literally Mm -hmm. all the people around the table are deciding what to focus on. Right. Right. And if you're like, well, there's a, as you said, there's a really great thing behind this door. Oh, they're not. Nope. They're totally, (laughs) no, they're going another way. They're having ice cream on the road and they're turning around. Nope. They're not going into this village at all. (laughs) There's nothing you can do about it. Right. So Yeah. yeah. It's a very different way of storytelling, but also because there's still ways to do it, I guess. And I think I was thinking of the Shore of Dreams one shot that you run because I guess spoilers, but it's really great. So go run it anyway. Um, (laughs) I think it works quite well because the setting is so large, right? This whole community suddenly turns into something untrustworthy. It Mm -hmm. starts, if I remember correctly, please fill me in on this, but it starts as sort of relatively simple. Oh, we're just having a drink in this tavern. And then near the end, you realize that literally almost every person that you've met during the story is in on something and is not telling you what they should be telling. Right. And then, right. it, you know, the sort of scope gets widened, I guess, or you, you start to yeah. zoom out and realize that it's not just this one thing that is weird, but it's actually the whole fucking town that's, you know, <laughs> that's suspicious. And I think that's also a great thing that happens when you use something like breadcrumbs, because if you first can't sort of piece them together, they just look like little things. So they feel mm-hmm. less... Mm-hmm. Literally, they feel less big, less important, less valuable, or, you know, we we don't care about it that much. But then suddenly, if they all turn into the big picture, you know, if you complete the final puzzle, you realize everything is connected to each other. Yes, then yes. there's a, I really love that moment of like the, the sort of cog in your mind turning and being like, <laughs> oh, dang, this is much bigger than we thought it was. <laughs> I think that's a great moment. I love those moments so much. And I think mm-hmm. they happen a lot near the end of like a good, good breadcrumb trail. <laughs> And I think that's really why I like it as well as this, as a sort of means of yeah. storytelling. Yeah. It's the gratification of the payoff at the end. Yeah. When like all of the clues click, like tick, 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 they all line up and things just start to make sense, right? Yeah. When everything starts to make sense and you're like, oh, that's why he acted this way. That's why he disappeared into that room. That's why we <laughs> haven't seen this person in a day. It's yeah. like, oh, the movement, the machination, you know, all <laughs> that exciting, really crazy stuff. Yeah. And what's fun about that too is that you can really play with like how much importance you give to something. Mm-hmm. If we sort of keep at the TTRPG example, right? The sort of improv storytelling. If you role play as the as the dungeon master or as the storyteller, if you role play an NPC, a non-playable character mm-hmm. that just seems like the casual tavern keep. Or just like, you know, a guy on the road that's like, oh, yeah, I guess someone came by here a few days ago. I'm not sure. Uh, Yeah, you can, you know, (laughs) I don't know. Ask me again tomorrow. I might, you know. And then if you purposefully downplay or I guess upplay certain characters or certain locations, if later Mm -hmm. they turn out to be much more important or much less important than they seem to, 
you're really also tricking or, you know, playing a little bit with the mind or with that, yeah, storytelling focus that we talked about earlier. And that's really gratifying, I think, because then once you realize you can't really rely on the narrator to, you know, tell you what's important as a player, right? Or as a, uh, as an, as a reader, I guess, that means also that you got to take stuff into your own hands and start to decide for yourself whether something is important or not. And that's really also what, what it means to solve a puzzle, right? Or to solve a mystery. Like the task as a game master is very detail intensive. Like yeah, you have to lay the groundwork in advance, but it's so satisfying because you after you've done all the hard work, after you've done laid down the groundwork, figured out all the details and arranged the context of every person in the scenario, the way you experience the game is entirely different from your players because you have mm. that sense of dramatic irony where you know what your players are interacting with and they're none the wiser, right? So you introduce to them a character that you know is the murderer, but they don't know is the murderer. <laughs> yeah. And you got this whole moment where you get to play this up and ham it out and, and you know, be, in, be just this cordial person when all along in your head you're saying, <laughs> I'm tricking them. And they don't know. And they're saying all these things and they're being very candid with someone who is very dangerous. You know, it's (laughs) so, so fun. And the payoff at the end when they realize everything that you've been setting up this whole time. So, so, so good. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Also, I wanted to sort of honorable mention one more thing, which I think (laughs) is sometimes if you, I guess, work it out nicely, uh, the breadcrumbs to just keep calling it that way, you know, the clues can also be the story in itself. Like some some of my favorite works or books in this case that I reference a lot are books that are basically, they're fictionalized versions of a sort of folder of clues. And then you just sort of have to figure it out yourself. There's one book called uh, The Illuminae Files by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. And it's a Mm. science fiction story, but the whole story is basically read through, you know, transcript of fictionalized like audio recordings or photos or emails that that one character has sent to the other character. And -hmm. because of that formatting, you really feel like, I think kind of, again, that you have to decide what you have to take from this information right and there's a lot of like noise in between which is just you know logos on the on the top of the paper or uh, things <laughs> circle circled out or uh, i don't know other stuff that's included that you don't need and because of that it really slowly starts to build on itself as a sort of almost like a sort of police file cabinet that's kind of what it feels like when you read this book and it's really really nice and by by using the sort of medium of just literally having your clues f- physically sort of in your work it almost kind of tells a little bit for you that you are the investigator or that you are the one that's figuring it out right and i like that as well so it's yeah it's a good thing to keep in mind and it's also kind (laughs) of how handouts work right in D&D, when you're like oh you found this letter here it is you figure out what you want to do with this letter (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. it's really nice very satisfying (laughs) i will say if you want to i I didn't want to attack this on towards the end if you do want to lay like reliable breadcrumbs, like ones that will almost always pay off towards the end. Uh, what you can do is within your setting, and this is kind of, this is a world building tip as well. What you can do within your setting is lay down breadcrumbs of the history of the world. So allow settings to be changed or have details that indicate some sort of grand scope of a chronology of what's happened in this setting. Hmm. So that when you eventually reveal this dramatic event that's already happened in the past and you've molded this world around, your players can be like, oh, that's why this town was in ruins, or that's why these people treat these other people a certain way. There's history, there's context. It's a way right. of adding these the nuances to the world that help it feel alive. So 
in terms of like within your scenes, allowing these breadcrumbs to eventually pay off, you know they will because you built your world around this history, right? You can use the setting that you've already made and say, hey, how do I set up this world to show to reflect what has happened to it, right? And every now and then you just mention something strange or unusual about the world, but don't add any other context, you know? Your players will just accept it as the truth. And eventually, when you disclose this large history or this grand um, story of what's happened in this setting, they'll be like, oh, that explains a whole lot about right. a yeah. whole lot about what we've been experiencing. So in kind of a broader sense, uh, laying those breadcrumbs all throughout your story is something that will almost always pay off. And you, it doesn't yeah. have to be some dramatic reveal. It's just the, the act of adding nuance, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think the sort of, because <laughs> I realized one more thing that I still want to say, um, the, the final note, final note of this. Um, you, can be, you can have as many notes as you want. This is our podcast. Yeah, it's true. Over. It's true. I feel like we were having like a sort of nice roundup though, but you know, we can That's do whatever true. we want. We're the host. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. <laughs> one more thing. One more thing mm-hmm. regarding breadcrumbs. I feel like building a trail like that is pretty hard, but it's also very satisfying and it's can be, it's basically building a good puzzle, right? It's sort of like your escape room in a box. <laughs> it's kind of the, <laughs> the puzzle that you're trying to figure out in a means of storytelling, right? So as I was sort of prepping for this episode, I was also thinking, then why, why don't we just make a puzzle, right? Why do we do it in storytelling? What will this add to the sort of experience of a mystery or of a breadcrumb trail like that. And I think it really becomes apparent when we think about that characters are not just there uh, or locations or, you know, anything for that matter, are not just there to facilitate your mystery, but they're also just characters. They're also full full rounded people or full rounded locations that indeed, as you said, have history and have uh, relationships to other people, ties to the world, to... uh, to other parts of the story that have, you know, lived there for forever or have have a kid that goes to school in a nearby <laughs> town, right? Or, um, I don't know, are gardening there. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. They're, they're steeped into the world, right? So your mystery is not just... It's very easy, but also dangerous to think of your mystery or your trail or your clues, right, as a sort of standalone thing. But once you realize that it's a thing that's fueled by everything that's that stands around it and looks at it, you know, the characters, the location, all that stuff, it becomes a thing that has impact on a living and breathing world. And we talked about this a lot, you know, that's the whole sort of point of world building. You want to create something that feels living and breathing and experienceable, um, even though it's not there, right? But I think I realized this, that once you put your mystery in, you know, characters that have already ties to other parts of your story that have nothing to do with your mystery, then, you know, once your mystery does touch a little bit of that other, that, that mm-hmm. other stuff, it feels very meaningful, And, you know, for instance, there's in the Happy Valley uh, series that I mentioned earlier, the main character, uh, like little spoilers for episode four, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but the main character has a sort of scuffle with the main villain of the story and almost catches him, but not quite. And we learn in, I think, even the first or the second episode that she has a personal history with them because he like had influence on her daughter's death. And because mm. even though the whole the whole other mystery or the whole other storyline of the series is not at least so far not not right. part of that, we feel the sort of 
pain that she feels when she realizes that she didn't catch him in the moment because she has like a subjective view on him and it's not just he's not just there as a character in this one right. storyline right story arc that we're following now but he's done other stuff and she's done other stuff and she has relationships that you know her her, her daughter passed away and now she sees the other guy that is still here <laughs> and doing a whole other story arc <laughs> that she that she <laughs> can't you know can't act on and it's very frustrating because at that point you realize that there's more at stake than just the mystery that we're following right and i think that's very important to keep in mind as a sort of final note on uh, on building some right. good puzzles in your stories yeah we have to remember that the appeal of all of these breadcrumbs is to amplify a grand reveal but what's even more important than that is how that reveal resolves right how the mm. world has changed how the people are changed what yeah. does this what does this influence moving forward? How does everything shift? You know, it's the resolution that we also look forward to just as much as the surprise of the reveal itself. Yep. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Very well said. How <laughs> <laughs> dead to love us. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. I guess we're um, getting yeah. to the last part of this episode. Mm -hmm. Talk to me. Yes, every episode, as you probably know by now, if you're if you're stuck around for a while. Um, Listen, if you're starting on episode sixty six, more power be, to you. Could be, yeah. It's a it's kind of a power move. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, well, then, hello, hello, new Hi. listener. Nice to meet you. That we totally made up. Uh, yeah. Anyway, every episode we do a topic, but also a prompt because we're not just storytelling here. We're also improvising because we like both of them. Um, yes, and this yes, week, yes. I will bring the prompt because I'm the host. <laughs> That's 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 how easy it is. I was like, do I finish a sentence? Turns. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I did it. Yeah, um, and that's what I do. That's yeah, what the host does. <laughs> hey, also, you don't know what I'm bringing. You have no clue. You're gonna you're gonna figure it out on the spot. Okay. That's, yeah. Part of the fun. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Since we are talking about mysteries and all things clue based, um, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. wanted to, you know, tip the toes a little bit into a classic trope. I think regarding this genre which is the final reveal speech where all the characters are in one room <laughs> and we finally figure out who done it, right? Oh so I would love gosh. a little final who done it speech from you. You're going to make me do a grand reveal with zero prep? Yes, okay. you can totally sure. make everything sure. up on the spot. I won't uh, yeah. judge your mystery clue solving skills. Don't worry. Yeah. Give me give me a genre. As in like a like setting sort of space. Maybe not genre, but setting. Like location more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get a feel okay. of the location. Um, This is like... Um, hmm. Because because in my head, I have like the haunted mansion of Clue. You know, somebody dies. It's like all that stuff. But I want something a little more... A little more a little funky? On that. Okay. Yeah, a little more funky. What if this is like the main sort of... Like the sort of one big industrial factory of the town? And something's happened there. And it's either in the like main hall or something. Mm -hmm, I want mm -hmm. like the echo, echoey feel of like machines going around. Does that work? Okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. If we, if I have any foresight and we get a little bit of, of, of audio going in the background. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ima imagine the, the like spe steam spinning. Pipes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 You Feature yourself. If you're listening to this, you can, you can look up some, <laughs> some Note to self. Yeah. SFX. Yeah. 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 My future self a month from now is like, why did he say that? <laughs> no, I gotta look up sounds. Thanks, past me. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. It's all right. Future work, not today's it's work. It's okay. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We zoom in. It's late afternoon. 
You can hear the steam pipes of smoke in the distance as clouds billow out of this factory sitting on the far edge of town. Orange light from the sun streams through the windows, casting everything in this autumn glaze. And you see these four people standing in a circle, stunned at the revelation of what their work has led to. A culmination of clues pointing all together towards a singular person in a group. And they look towards this man. He's a little bit on the short side, just barely over five feet. He's a little bit rotund. He's got a, a bit of weight to him. He's got these overalls on as you <laughs> just look at because <laughs> you're wearing overalls today and I'm just going to use that. Yep. Use it as inspiration. Um, you know, <laughs> all tired. He's, he's, he's covered in sweat and he's got these stains on his clothing that shows that it's been a long day and a hard day for all of them. But as the three other people turn towards him, a small chuckle begins to build under his breath. And he says, Oh, I guess all my cards are on the table now. Well, howdy do, guess I can't hide this much longer, huh? Well, it's the end of the shift. All the doors are locked. And I guess this secret's safe with me. As long as you three don't make it to sunrise. You know what? I felt like I had a pretty good run. I had you running on, chasing your own tails. I had you guys running up and down the building. And it was so fun to see you guys squirm. The radiation I was building in the basement that I was going to release through the entirety of the city was so, so close to fruition. But you just had to venture down there and pull the lever to make it all stop. Well, congratulations. Instead of a hundred thousand people dying tonight, it's only going to be you three. You know what? In retrospect, maybe I shouldn't have left the name tag of the uniform that I stole this morning on the table. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have left some grief stains from my lunch over on the balcony where I was staying for the night planning this whole shindig. And you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have taken that morning shift when I was slated to go for the afternoon. That's all just a little bit suspicious. When I tried to take the unassuming identity of a guy that no one ever cares about in this factory, whoever keeps track of this guy that I have locked downstairs in the radiation chamber, oops, forgot to tell you that, that's happening tonight. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to be able to save him, but it, the clock's already ticking and he's got a lifetime of medical issues to deal with if you don't get downstairs right now. I bet you're wondering who you're actually talking to today. Well, let me tell you, he lifts his hat and from beneath it, a long top hat pops out. It's <laughs> oh, the dang. CEO of the factory. What? It's the guy who runs this whole shindig. Ton, He's ton, like, ton. yeah, the property taxes on this factory were way too high. This city is out <laughs> to get me. And you know what? I'm leaving to go to that other town across the water that has lower property tax and better investment opportunities. And here, I just want to blow this place to smithereens because they got nothing for me. They got nothing. I love that this accent's kind of built up. Out yeah, of man, you're into it. I love it. Keep going. From day one, I tried to raise this town as my own child and get jobs for everybody. And how do they pay me back? By asking me to pay 300% tax on what I'm already paying. Well, screw you guys. I'm going to make this place a landfill. 
this place is going to be in history books as something that used to be prosperous, successful, a jewel in this desert of a continent. And I almost got away with it. But you know what? Felt good to get that all out. I'm glad that's going to be the last thing that you guys ever hear. And he reaches into his pocket, pulls out a remote control. And presses a red button. Not the red button. And that's where we end the prop. That's where we end it. Oh my god, beautiful. (laughs) That was... You're not good at mysteries? Well, you're pretty good at mysteries, bro. I'm telling you now. That was great. Well, well, it helps when I could just make things up. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. No other people meddling in the mystery. Yeah. Wait, you didn't actually give us those clues. We went to that room before and there was no oil stain. Yes, there was. Yeah, yes, there was. It was. You just didn't look someone. at it. Yeah. Just stop paying attention. Okay. You had to look harder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I want to applaud. Yes, this was great. This is not going to show you. up in audio, that. but I'm definitely clapping. It's beautiful. Our noise cancelers will, will yeah. drown out the applause. That piece of audio will be real weird while I talk and clap at the same time. We'll see if that worked out. <laughs> Oh well. <laughs> well, we'll see when we edit. Yeah. We'll see in post. Anyway, that's all from us, folks. That's all we got. This was a great one. Hey, mm-hmm, also, mm-hmm. if you want to have influence on our prompts, because usually <laughs> we're doing. Oh my god, this is awful. Let me try that again. <laughs> no, no, no. We're keeping it. We're, we're keeping, keeping it. it. No, we're I'm, keeping this it. Is, I feel bad. Sorry. We're keeping it. Sorry I'm, for being I'm, a bad host. I, I'm terrible. I, <laughs> I get to edit in post. It's true. I choose. Oh, it's evil. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, you guys, if you want to contact us, we have a Gmail. If you want to give us great ideas about prompts or tell us how to do our mysteries better or, you know, give us a mystery. I'm all up for, you know, Mm. impromptu email puzzles. Sure. Give them all to us. (laughs) Hey, we got an email and it's called yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. Find us there. Also, we have a Twitter somehow. But all 13 just, followers just to be secure yeah better better check the email maybe <laughs> we love to hear from you we love hanging out with you guys and hopefully this was a this was a fun one and we will see you in the next one but before that there's one more thing um one more thing yeah um which is that your rivers are wrong mm-hmm. just putting it out there always have been always will be yeah goodbye that's the end <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> goodbye see you guys yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Your Rivers Are Wrong. If you have any thoughts for topics, prompts, or if you just want to share your thoughts, you can reach us at yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. That's yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. Big thank you goes to Martins Kelligans for our intro and outro music. And most importantly, thank you for listening. We hope to catch you at our next episode. Have a good one. <laughs>